Hey everybody, my name is Tyler. I'm the student pastor here at FCC. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you joined us. Let's get into the word. You guys get to see a whole lot of me today. <laughs> As I have the privilege of bringing the word this morning. And so we have a lot of ground to cover and we're going to dive right in. God, thank you so much for the opportunity and privilege to be here. Um, and as I use this gift to communicate to this room of your children, God, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak. Uh, that doesn't matter what I've read and studied. God, right now, all that matters is what you want to say. So I pray that you would just quiet my mind, control my thoughts, and let me be a microphone to your voice. From your throne to our ears and our hearts, let your words sink in, let it be engrafted on our hearts and anchoring us in a way that we will never forget. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody doing? All right. Um, you all know I'm the children's pastor here at First Christian Church, which means this. I am used to, you saw in the video announcements, balloons and running and playing and talking. So this is not the time for you to take a nap, and um, it will be better for all of us if you participate. So that means at least smile. That's the minimum you could do. Pray for me. <laughs> you can also do that. And if you are so led, you can give a good amen or, oh, yep, that's right. You can even say, ouch, if it hurts. Uh, but let's process through what the Lord wants to share with us together. Can we do that? All right. Thank you so much for the five people. <laughs> He's like, I got this. It doesn't take, it doesn't take many, so we're good. Um, but before I dive into this message, um, Deanna, I don't know where exactly you are. Yep, over there. Uh, come here. I gave you a sticky note earlier, and it had a promise on it, and I need to make good on my promise. So with all the energy in the world, no, I know what it said. I, I know what I said. So, uh, huh? Next time, warn you. Hi, this is Deanna, guys. Um, and I, I made her a promise earlier. She probably didn't really know what she was doing when she took the sticky note from me. Um, but it says a very simple thing, and it says that I'm going to bless you financially. And uh, it's funny because when she took the sticky note, she read it. She's like, "No, you're not." That was really what she said first. She's like, "No, you're not." She's like, "God is." And then she took the note and she folded it up and put it in her pocket and she had no idea that I actually intended to make good on that what? promise. No. So. I'm not Will you take it? Thank you so much. All right. Yes, of course you can. <laughs> I don't want the money. I'd rather okay. go towards the church. It, I, made, I made good right. on the promise for now. <laughs> for now. All right. So let's dive in. Um, we are journeying through the Bible. God's story, our story. You are so welcome. Uh, God's story, our story. And we are in the life of Abraham. So um, it says on there, like, Abraham's test. We're going to get there. But first, I kind of want to catch you up. So Chuck spoke last week, and uh, 
There's a lot of bullet points. There's a lot of text in your bulletin. Don't worry about memorizing it, okay? Just keep it for reference. But this is what we left off. So we left off with, can you give me that first slide for me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, no, it says, oh, it's not this one. That's the scripture we read earlier. Yep, where we left off, Genesis chapter 12 through eight, chapter 18. Um, Abraham, Abram at the time leaves his family to follow God to a country that he really didn't know where. God's like, follow me to a place that I'm going to show you, and he did. Can you go one more for me, Nathan? Thank you. <laughs> it says God promises him a son and tells him he'll father generations. And so you remember Abram's first reply was like, um, God, I don't know how that's about to happen. The only person I have is this servant, Eleazar, who is going to be an heir of all my stuff. God's like, nope, that will not be the case. He actually promised him in that moment that he would father his own children. Um, then God makes a covenant with Abram. He basically uh, goes through this ritual. He does this promise, but he kind of does like one step better than a promise. He says, look, if I fail to do what I have told you to, I was going to do, he basically means like I will cease to even be God is kind of what God, in the weight of this covenant that is made. So a covenant is like stronger than a promise. Your kids might, you might promise them something, but um, in kids, we know this, right? A pinky promise is stronger than the words, right? And don't kiss it because <laughs> you're really in for it. Like you cannot break that. Um, the covenants with God are literally, there is bloodshed, there's a thing, but basically God is saying that this will come to pass. There is nothing you can do to prevent this from happening. And so we see that he makes one of these strong promises with Abram. Um, in the process of that, Abram's name is changed, Sarai's name is changed, so we have Abraham and Sarah. Um, and then we ended up with, when Chuck was speaking, that all the males in Abraham's house were circumcised. Ouch because they weren't all fresh, brand new babies that would forget it in 10 minutes. They knew exactly what was happening. So it's okay. If you won't say ouch, I will say ouch for you. <laughs> um, so that's where we left off last week. Now, let's see what we're skipping. I would love to say that we would take every chapter of the Bible and be able to present it to you every Sunday, each week. We're not doing that this year, and it's okay. It gives you more to do at home, and I do hope that you would read this at home. Uh, if you want to go ahead to the next one. We are skipping chapters 18 through tw up to 22. We're going to skip up. Next one. And this is what you're going to miss. <laughs> so uh, the Lord visits Abraham and Sarah, um, and they have three visitors, and they're like, hey, this time next year you are going to have a son. Uh, Sarah laughs. Abraham laughs. Uh, at the end of it all, they're like, no, for sure, this is about to happen. Uh, they leave them, and they go down to these two cities, and they go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Anybody ever heard of them? Those cities, were they known for good things or bad things? Yeah, God wasn't too pleased with them. <laughs> uh, so that, that's where the visitors go. They visit with Abraham and Sarah, and then they go there. Uh, one thing I want to highlight as you read this, pay attention, is that after the visitors depart from Abraham and Sarah, God actually has this moment, and he's like, but should I keep from Abraham what I'm about to do? And there's this unique conversation that we don't see often in Scripture, but God actually tells Abraham what is about to happen to the city of Sodom. And Abraham gets the opportunity to plead for the people, and he's like, but God, if you find a righteous person, like 50, 40, 10, like there's a whole countdown. Um, and let's just say that we know what happened to Sodom, so the righteous people weren't quite found. Uh, 
And then we see that uh, that city is destroyed. Lot is actually living in Sodom at the time, so we get a little catch up with Lot. If you don't remember, that is Abraham's nephew that left with him when God told him to leave. Lot came, except for their herdsmen started having issues, and so they're like, which way do you want to go? And they split. So we actually find out what happens to Lot in these chapters that we're skipping um, and where, he, where he's at with his family. And then there's this important part, which we're going to jump to and I'm going to read. So let's look at uh, in chapter 21 of, Gen- of Genesis, the first few verses. It says, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. And as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave him the name Isaac, gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Wow. <laughs> He's a hundred. Sarah said, God has bought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. As she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So Abraham was 100 years old. Who remembers, last week Chuck said, how old was Abraham when he left his family? 75. Thank you, guys. So there's a little blank in your notes, and it's really crammed in there. So if you can find the line, or just wait. They waited 25 years. 25 years for God to keep his promise. 25 years. Deanna waited maybe 25 minutes. They waited 25 years. Man, so we're just going to go back to what else we missed. Um, So the rest of what we're skipping, Abraham and Sarah, now they go, and they hang out with uh, this king of Greer named Abimelech. I can say his name. I can, I promise. Abimelech. Uh, it's a really cool story. Read it when you have the time. Basically, they lie to him, though, <laughs> and God shows that he's kind of with them um, they, to the point where they actually get nicely told to leave. They're like, you could go. <laughs> like, you've caused some problems. Uh, pray for me, bless me, and then go. <laughs> and they did. Um, we see that Isaac is born. Then we see that Hagar and Ishmael are sent away again because if you're like, didn't he do that once? He did. Um, there's a party that was for Isaac. Ishmael, being an older brother, is like, uh, he makes some snarky comments or something. Sarah wasn't having it. She's like, no, they will not stay here with my son. And they go again. <laughs> so they are, they are sent away. And then Abimelech comes back to Abraham. Now they're out of his territory and land. But Abimelech realized something about Abraham. And that is that the favor of God was with him. And so he finds Abraham and he's like, hey, Uh, We need to make a deal. We need to make a treaty. We need to have an agreement that that you're not going to come back after me and I'm not coming after you. And so that is important because we see in all of these chapters, we're kind of skipping over that God is being faithful to his word. In the covenant, he says, look, you're going to be the father of many nations. Yes, he said, your offspring, your descendants are going to live in these territories in the land of Canaan. They're going to have this favor. They're going to have these things. And, but we're seeing now that it is physically in the natural happening. <laughs> A foreign king that had nothing to do with God's people is able to look at Abraham and go, uh, God is truly with you. 
And because God is with you, I don't want any problems with you. Like, that's what he says. And then we get to today. So Abraham is living life. (laughs) We don't have any big ups, any major downs that the Bible tells us about. They're just living Day to day, we don't really have a time frame about how much time has passed in from 21 uh, to 22, but Genesis 22 starts like this, and we are going to read it. This is the section of God's story that we are focusing on today. And it says, and sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Dang. Sound familiar? Abraham, come follow me to a place that I will show you. But this is what God is saying. And some of us, we already have problems with this story. We're like, God, uh, nope, that was the enemy. That wasn't the voice of the Lord. That's what you're going to tell me, right? Like you're like waiting right now to be like, hmm. Tell me it's not true. God did not ask him to sacrifice his son. Well, he did. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Okay. Early the what? Next morning. Abraham didn't wait 25 years. Early the next morning. He got up, he loaded his donkey, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, was this a short trip? Three days. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, uh, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. We're going to just pause for a second. We're going to come back to this. So keep this slide, but we're going to come back to this. Uh, Anybody see any problems with these stories, this story so far? 25 years. They wait, and God finally gives them what he said. And remember, this is a promise that was initiated by God. This was not something that Abraham and Sarah initiated on their own. They didn't go seek God out and say, well, God, if you give us a son, this is what we want. God spoke to Abraham first. They finally get it. They're living life experiencing the favor of God, friendship with God, doing all this stuff, and God makes what seems like the utmost insane request of everything God could ask for. He's like, I want Isaac. 
And I just don't want him like, hey, he's going to go with me and you guys are going to stay here. He said, I want you to take your son and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice in a place that I will show you. And so what I find interesting and what I just want to highlight before we finish the rest of the story is this, is that one, Abraham's obedience was immediate. God spoke, Abraham got up to go. He didn't really explain it. And the Bible doesn't tell us, I don't know what he told Sarah. (laughs) Any moms out here would have been like, God told you, I don't think so. (laughs) I was in labor for how many hours? I almost lost my life. Like they didn't have epidurals. She felt every ounce of that delivery. Okay, so I I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's like, hey, we're just going to (laughs) go meet with the Lord. (laughs) Isaac is coming with. We don't know. But we know this, that he grabs a couple servants, he gets his sons, and they go. And I pointed out as we were reading, it wasn't like, hey, I'm walking from here to the venue, or oh, I'm going from here to over there. They journeyed for three days. And what I will say to that is that shows some commitment. 30 minutes, I would have been like, well, God, are you sure? Like, I could just go back home. (laughs) This was a great camping trip, God. (laughs) You didn't want to... In three days, you didn't want to tell me to stop. In three days, you didn't want to tell me to turn back. In three days, are you sure you still want this kid? Like, he farts a lot. He plays with his food. (laughs) I have to look at this face for three days. And then we get to see something about Isaac that we don't fully understand or know is this. Is, and scholars are all over the place with how old he was. But in general, it narrows down to he was around 12 to 13 or as old as like 35. And there's different ways that people got there. If you really want to know, we could talk about it later. We don't have time today. <laughs> and the Bible tells us earlier, it says that at the time that he was weaned, there was a party. That's one of the chapters we missed. That's when Ishmael gets sent out again. Um, and weaning is not what we think of weaning today. Weaning today is like when a child stops breastfeeding. Typically in our culture, it's around one to two years old. That is not the case. There's one and two-year-olds in this room. There's three-year-olds in this room. It's real easy. My niece is three. I can pick her up and take her wherever I want her to go. She'll kick. She's feisty. She's strong. But I could take her. I could take Levi anywhere. <laughs> Again, he, he's wa- getting his walking legs ready. So he might give me a little fight, but over time, like, a good swaddle, we're good, right? Uh, Who in the room is about 13? You're 11, you're 12, you're 13. Anybody? Yeah. Wave at me because it's family Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Some of them are taller than me, guys. (laughs) I can't just pick, I just can't pick you up and throw throw you over my shoulder. (laughs) Now, your dad might be able to, but I don't know that he'd want to. (laughs) And then at that age and stage, uh, if you parent one of those preteens or teenagers, uh, you know what works really well? This thing. (laughs) The mouth is real. (laughs) And all we see that Isaac says to his dad, and we can tell, like, he's thinking, like, uh, daddy? (laughs) I got the wood which also gives Lynn to that he was older because he could actually carry it. He was strong enough to hold the wood for the sacrifice. Uh, I got the wood. You got the fire. 
where's the sacrifice? See, Isaac has been around long enough to know that this is what we do, that we give sacrifices or offerings to our God that we serve, to the one that I was promised by, to the one that is blessing us, to the one that is keeping us. He knew the routine. So he easily knew what was missing. And some people call this a big statement of faith by Abraham, except it was the fact that he could say, you know what? God's going to provide. And so we get a little window. A lot of people take that sentence and say, see, Abraham knew the whole time, like, what was going to happen. He had complete faith in God that this was not going to go the way it looked because of his response, not only to his servants, but to his son. But let's finish the story and see what happens. All right, can we pick up? Then he reached out his hand and took the knife. So remember, Isaac is bound. It means arms are tied up, feet are tied up, and he is now laying on this altar. Now, kids in the room, if your parents started tying up your hands and they said, look, I'm going to put you on this fireplace, you going to lay on this barbecue grill, how many of you are going? Okay, for, for the record, there are zero hands up. <laughs> Not one of your kids is going. <laughs> there was something in Isaac that said, I'm going to trust my daddy. And he gets bound and he lays there. And the scripture tells us that Abraham uh, reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Um, I hope that my hearing would be as good as Abraham's. Abraham didn't really have a big uh, margin for error. He didn't have time to doubt the voice of God. Uh-uh, that's just the enemy trying to keep me from my blessing, God. You told me. <laughs> Isaac would have died. But God knew that Abraham knew his voice and that he would respond. Now, I say this because as we look at his life, Abraham has shown that every time that God has called him, he has responded. Even when we don't even know how Abraham knew him. And only through this time, 25 years, guys, the relationship didn't get weaker. God's voice did not get further, but it became stronger. And so uh, this is where we're at. <laughs> There's a little bit more that we're going to look at, but I just want that to sink in for a moment. I just want to see, like, man, like, God, you did all of this. Why? <laughs> and it's that last line. He says, I know that you fear me and that you would keep nothing from me. So we're going to pause for a second. Deanna, my friend. Can I have 20 bucks? Can I have it? (laughs) 
this is so beautiful. I love it. All right. Have a seat right here. So one, I want you all to notice, she handed me this envelope in the same way that I gave it to her. If you didn't hear her first response, she's like, is that how much is in there? Which also tells me that I gave her a gift and she never even opened it. A lot of us have asked God for some things. It's one of my favorite ways to teach. Real life reactions, we did not plan this. She had no idea. That's why she said, you'd heard her give me the warning the first time, next time warn me. And I like real and honest, but this is what we do to God. God says, I promise I'm going to do something for you. And our first reaction is, no, you're not. It's okay, God, I don't need that. God's like, hey, I'm God, though, and I'm still going to do it. He doesn't really give us a chance to say no. And then he blesses us with something. And uh, some of us won't even open it. We don't even give the opportunity. We don't ask the questions, okay, God, you've blessed me with this. Like, she didn't ask me questions. She didn't say, well, what do you want me to do? Why me? She, she was just like, uh, warn me next time. She gave me a hug. She expressed gratitude, but it's still closed. If she would have opened it, she would have indeed found that there is a $20 bill. This is real money. So, yep, it has the in God we trust, all the seals, all the stuff. My retail people, it's real, I promise. Came out of my wallet this morning. <laughs> So it's here. But I want you to think about that when God is promising you something. I think it's fitting that even as we prayed, that one of the prayers was about our gifts and the things that God has given us and placed in our hands and how we're supposed to use them. God usually has a plan when he blesses us. And at some point, like with Abraham, he may even ask for it back. Now, She didn't know what I was going to ask, and I had given it to her. It was hers. So this could have went a bunch of ways, and I did not know which way it was going to go, but she freely gave it back to me with the comment of, I was going to put it in the box anyway. (laughs) And that's what we see Abraham do. Now, I'm sure there was somebody else I could have given this to, like my niece right there. If I were to give her this envelope and then be like, can you give it back to me? Her reaction is going to be a little different. No, no, no. Daya, what is this? What is this? Yes, you. What is this? What is this? Is that money? Yeah. Can I give you that money? Will you give it back to me? Oh, we caught her on a good day. She loves Jesus today. <laughs> Because we've given her money before, and she runs and says, no, this is my money. (laughs) Even when it comes out of our wallets. Huh. All right, go back and sit with Gigi. Thank you so much. I was banking on her telling me no. I needed a Dutch Bros smoothie. That's what would have guaranteed me a no. That's her favorite right now. (laughs) Strawberry smoothie with whipped cream. (laughs) So, you're welcome, baby. Uh, Make sure that goes in your piggy bank at home, okay? So 
this is just a good lesson, and this is what we see. So let's get to the end of this story. Uh, the next slide and the next verses, please. Uh, we're going to read the end of chapter 21, and this is what God says to Abraham in return. So we just left off like, look, Abraham, I know that you will not withhold anything from me. And it says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have, you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now, some people are like, well, we already knew that, God. You told Abraham that already. But I feel in this case here that God kind of doubles down. This translation doesn't say it from the NIV, but if you read this in the New King James or the ESV version, it says this. It doesn't just say that they will take the cities, but it, they will possess the gates of the cities. Now, to know anything in that time and in history, to possess the gate meant you were influential. You ran things. You had control. So it's like being like, hey, your family, your descendants are going to take the city of Phoenix. You're going to live here. You're going to work here. You're going to, that's going to be your land. You're going to have property and stuff. That's one way level of blessing. But to turn around and say, but because you obeyed me, not only will you live there, not only will you work there, not only will you have land and all of this, but you're actually going to run the place. Sounds close, but it's a little more like I feel in these verses that God doubles down on his blessing on Abraham's life. And it clearly says, because you have obeyed me. So, I have another envelope. I won't force you, because God's not going to force you. You can sacrifice the blessing at the altar. You going you can you can do All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Always. So again, this is what I love, but it's all right. She's going to get it cuz we're all going to get it. Anybody want to help her out? Should she have taken this? Yes. Should she have maybe at least opened it? To see what she was giving up? Yes. Uh, but again, how many of us do this with God? God wants to bless you, and he's like, y'all, I want to bless you, and you leave it. Kids, it's like having a birthday party, and people bring you all these presents and gifts, and the things that you've been asking your parents for are right there, and you walk away, and you don't take them home. I told you, those verses is like God doubling down on his blessing to Abraham. The first envelope had 20, and this one has 100. I don't know Deanna's life. I don't know what she's been asking God for. I don't know. But uh, from what I'm told, I don't eat eggs, so our staff had fun with that last week. <laughs> but... That hundred could at least buy a dozen. 
but she left it. A lot of times we're asking God for stuff, we're seeking God for stuff, we're praying to God for stuff, and we won't let him bless us. This story would have been crazy different if Abraham would have been like, God, I'm good, just give it all to my servant, let Eliezer take it. And they tried Ishmael, well, Sarah didn't get pregnant, Hagar did, okay, God, just let's go that way. That's not the case, it's not what God wanted. In my illustration today, that's not what I wanted. I actually wanted somebody to leave with the $100. <laughs> Ernest, look, I like Ernest. <laughs> but this is, this is what we do with him. And so I really want, as we look at God's story through Abraham, what is it saying to us? Some of us need to pick up the blessing he's trying to hand us. Where have you left it? Where did you drop it? Where did you look at God and say, mm, God, you know what? I'm okay, but I, I don't need that from you. I'm good. Like, and God's like, I'm the one who knows everything. And you're going to tell me what you don't need? <laughs> They're like, we need those eggs. Somebody else is like, I'm going to grab that envelope, but she don't. <laughs> but this is where we're at. This is what we see. But we see it as, as like, okay, hindsight is 2020. In the midst of that moment, Abraham had no idea what God was going to do. All he had was a word, was a fulfilled promise and a new instruction. And he believed God enough to obey. He trusted his character enough to obey. So where does that leave us uh, really quick? This story is where we actually get the characteristic of God, Jehovah Jireh. That is actually Abraham's response. When all of this goes down, it says that he looks up, there's a ram in the bush. He actually offers the ram as a sacrifice to God for sparing his son. And then he says he names the place where they were, Jehovah Jireh, the place that God provides Something in Abraham's faith let him know that I'm still keeping my son. Whether he had to be resurrected from the dead or whether he was stopped in his tracks. But he was crazy enough to trust God. And I say crazy because in our context, in our culture, that's crazy. <laughs> We'd be fasting and praying 40 days and 40 nights before our son would be bound and laid on top of wood with a knife ready to go. And if you're a parent in this room, tell me if I am lying. You would be like, I will take my own life before I take my kid's life. But will you trust God with where your kids go to school? Will you trust God with who their friends are? Will you trust God for providing for them and taking care of every need that they have? Will you trust God with their mental health? Will you trust God with their decision to have longer short hair? You know, we had a child dedication earlier. I probably should have put it at this point to say, this is where it gets real, that when God gives us a gift, and the Bible tells us children are a blessing from the Lord, when he gives us a gift, will we give it back to him? And not in the way of, well, I didn't want it anyway. I don't need that. But in a way that says, God, I trust you so much, 
and your character is true with me, that I know if you're asking for it, you have a better plan even if I don't understand it. And so the business you gave me, I give it back to you. The children you gave me, I give them back to you. The finances you gave me, I'll tithe freely. I'll give it back to you. I'll be a generous giver. I give it back to you. Because we begin to acknowledge that the source of everything is him, not us. So I think it's a good place to stop. What do you think? Let's take a couple minutes really fast. And in your bulletin, there are some notes there. There are some questions there. Um, in that last section, and it says this, like, uh, oh, I did miss a part. It says, uh, so what was the point? Abraham obeys. We talked about that. Uh, and I would say this, it exposed his heart. When Abraham was willing to give back to God what God had given him, it exposed Abraham's heart toward the father. All of the stories we've done so far, Noah, Cain, Adam and Eve, when it came down to it, God was like, what's going on? in here, and then responded accordingly. So I want you to take a few minutes. There's uh, like some bullet points underneath that, and it just has some questions. It says, what has stood out to you in Abraham's story? Has God promised you anything? What has waiting been like for you? Maybe you're still waiting. Maybe God promised you something, and you're still waiting on it to happen. What is that like? Is there anything that God cannot ask you for? Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, God, I give me my whole life. We sang that song, like I live, praise you, my hands up, surrendered. But don't ask for that. <laughs> what is it? And at the end, what is God's story speaking to you today? I just want to reflect for a minute. I take it this morning. Thanks everybody for tuning in with us today. Stay tuned for more content coming soon. Have a blessed day.